And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. My name is Alex, and my pronouns are he, him, his. I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright. I know we'll be alright forever. I was raised in a very, very conservative religion, in a very, very conservative state, even in a very conservative community. I think that the only saving grace that I had was probably that I had two parents who raised us to follow our heart and be inclusive and love everybody. And they raised us to know the difference between what you're being told is right and what actually feels right in your heart. And that really is the preface for my experience growing up, or I guess unlearning and relearning the things that I thought I knew, but now I'm continuing to learn about the LGBTQ plus community. So being raised uh, in Arizona in a very, very conservative religion, it was gnarly. Like you really were raised to believe that there was only two genders and there's only one sexuality, which is straight. And you, you know, if it's, if you're a man, you love a woman. If you're a woman, you love a man. And there's no other options if you want to, you know, receive exaltation or, you know, go to paradise when you die. And as a kid, you know, you're, you're raised to believe whatever the people above you are telling you. It wasn't until the 2008 election where there was Proposition 8 for California, Proposition 102 for Arizona. At the time I was living in Arizona, so Proposition 102 in Arizona was a proposition that was designed to ban gay marriage in the state of Arizona. And 
As you can tell from a red conservative state that is predominantly very conservative, that proposition was passed. But I remember in that lobbying period for the 2008 election, I remember, you know, church groups. I remember my friends like going out and holding signs that say yes on 102, which I guess when you're a kid, you just read yes on 102. But reality is the hate that that sign could carry was something that I couldn't even fathom as a 12 year old kid. My parents, we didn't partake in any of those things. Um, my parents knew what the deal was. And so we didn't um, partake in it at all. I actually remember my parents tricked us. This is a complete side note. My parents tricked us, took us to the LL Cool J concert. This is how cool my parents are. They took us to the LL Cool J concert, but they wanted to surprise us. So they told us that we had to go. They were gonna drop us off to go and hold the signs for yes on 102 we were so bummed like we were the most bummed kids in the world and then we get in the car and they start driving towards the Arizona County Fair and we were like wait a second what's going on here and they totally tricked us we went out to the LL Cool J concert like honestly Martin and Heather Iono fucking coolest parents in the world so that was really my first experience in terms of recognizing that there was an argument for or against people who loved the way that they felt their heart needed to love or be the person that their heart tells them they need to be or that they are, not even need to be, that they are. And then I guess when I moved to Los Angeles, my heart started realizing what felt right and what didn't feel right. And as I looked back at my friends in Arizona who were still throwing around like uh, derogatory terms and using the word gay to define anything that wasn't cool like or, or that they didn't like, that I started feeling in my chest like that's not cool. That's not right. That's not inclusive. That's not loving. That's not any of the things that my parents taught me to be. And I think as soon as that switch flipped for me, I immediately shifted into wanting to figure out how I can support, how I can help fight for the rights of all people, regardless of how they identify themselves. It made me immediately turn around and want to figure out any possible way that I could support or help fight for the rights of the people who are beyond the binary of traditional gender norms. So I became an ally to the LGBTQ plus community and I met people who immediately just enriched my life. They upgraded my life, my view on the world and just my view on, on life in general, having fun. I, I got to ride on the iHeart float at the New York City Pride Parade last year and it was just like the most fun. I mean, you're surrounded by people who specialize in loving everybody, including everybody. and. The amount that you can learn in terms of inclusiveness and loving people for who they are, however they are, and however they choose to love is something that you won't be able to learn anywhere else. And that got me thinking, how special would it be if we did an episode here on the show where we explore some of this? Because I know not everybody has a chance to meet or become friends with someone who's trans or non-binary or genderqueer, or maybe they're just not the most educated when it comes to the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, so I wanted to have an episode about that. And you might notice that I take quite a bit of a backseat on this one because as a straight cisgender man, cisgender meaning that my gender identity matches what I was assigned at birth, this isn't my story to tell. I know we'll be all right. I know we'll be all right. I know what is up, 
friends, it's Alex Iono here. This is Let's Get Into It. It is a podcast that I created where I can just talk about life and what it's like to be 24 living in today's world. Uh, right now, we are all in our own respective homes, just quarantining and practicing self-distancing, social distancing, self-distancing. I'm losing my mind right now at this point. <laughs> uh, but when I say we, I have two amazing, amazing guests. You know that I always bring on friends, either they're new friends or they are friends I've had for a while to talk about topics that they can give better insight on. Uh, and one of them is one of my very, very close friends. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the one and only the queen of sugar, your local Beyonce, my personal bond me, Mila Jam. How are you, love? Hi, everybody. I am making do. I'm doing all right. I'm hanging tight. I'm looking right and I'm feeling all right. <laughs> oh my gosh, she got the rhymes. She got the rhymes today. Uh, Mila was the star of my music video for her, uh, which was a project that I wanted to help shine some light uh, and 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 really step out as an al- an ally for the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, and since then, she's just been my sweet bond me, and uh, and I've been loving seeing all of the music and and all of the music videos and everything, all of the art that you're creating. Uh, I'm so happy that you're here. But you are not I'm the so only glad to be guest. Here. Thank you. You are not the only guest that I have here. I also have a new friend. I have not met this person yet, but I'm so happy to meet them right here on this podcast or while they are, uh, what is this called? Quarantining. Jeez Louise, I'm losing my mind. Uh, <laughs> while they're quarantining uh, in their own home, I have Bethany Myers. Uh, Bethany is the founder and CEO of The Become Project and a body neutral advocate. Bethany's Become Project is a fitness-based movement program that is rooted in body neutrality. They've been with their partner, uh, Nico Tortorella, for 13 years, and together they host the podcast The Love Bomb, where they discuss how they make their queer polyamorous relationship work. Bethany, how are you? Hi. I'm, you know... I'm not my best. I'm not my worst. I'm just day by day. <laughs> it is such an it is such an interesting time. I just saw you posted uh, you posted a really sweet message from Twitter onto your uh, Instagram account uh, for the Become Project that just kind of references the anxiety that people may be feeling. Uh, and I yeah. just wanted to say I really appreciate that because I have not been able to sleep through the night since this quarantine mm-hmm. started. And so having that relatability to know that I'm not only the only one who's dealing with the anxiety that is coming with this pandemic, uh, it, it meant a lot to me. So I just wanted to say thank you before we yeah. get into all of this. But I really love what you're doing, the more research that I've done for the Become Project. And we're going to talk a lot more about that. But before we do that, I want to talk about what today's episode is about and why I have the, my two beautiful guests with me. Today, we are going to talk about gender identity. As I mentioned before, I am a very, very, very proud ally to the LGBTQ plus community. I love the courage that I see throughout the community and I want to partake uh, as much as I can, wherever I can, however I can to help build up the fight for equality, equal rights, equal pay, equal opportunity for um, for everybody. And especially in today's episode, highlighting um, that equal opportunity that I fight for for the LGBTQ plus community. So I felt like it is very, very appropriate and only right if we each take our own turns to uh, introduce ourselves and our our pronouns and kind of just get a little comfortable with all of this. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. I am your local Beyonce Mila Jam. Everybody was good. I am she, her, hers. And I hope that you're all doing amazing today. Beautiful. Bethany. Uh, my name is Bethany Myers. My pronouns are they, them. 
and I do a ton of work in the fitness space, um, but really surrounding body neutrality and how do we make movement about giving time to ourselves instead of punishing ourselves. And I'm super excited to be here today, especially having gender talks, because I love to talk about gender. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm Alex Iono. I use the pronouns he, him, and his. And uh, and I am very, very grateful that I have you two here just to help shine more light. I think that for me especially, this is a constant unlearning and relearning of things that I maybe thought I knew or knew before that are changing and ever changing. So um, I'm very, very grateful that you guys would both come on this podcast and help educate me more, educate the listeners more. Uh, I'm just grateful overall. We have some beautiful, beautiful topics uh, to talk about. Um, The first topic, Bethany, you and I are going to be talking about choosing comfortable labels. Then after that, Mila, you and I are going to be talking about seeing the representation and being the representation. And lastly, we're going to talk about how cisgender folks like me can just be better about furthering the conversation, being a better ally to the LGBTQ plus community and getting a little bit more inclusive with these topics. Does that sound cool with you guys? Great. Amaze. Perfect. Before we get into it, though, I have a question that I ask all of my guests, uh, and it is a simple question for this week. What have you been doing to improve your life. Um, A lot of it has been uh, quarantine type stuff with the episodes (laughs) that we've been recording, but uh, I'll give you an example and let you guys have some time to think. So this week, I'm very, very fortunate. I have a Peloton bike that I've had for over a year now that I ride very, very religiously. And this week I wanted to level that up. So I actually started P90X on top of it. So I'm doing two workouts a day, eating a ton of food, trying to stay healthy and honestly just not lose my mind because I've now been in my house for what is three and a half weeks. So I am uh, I'm very, very, very uh, adamant on getting my fitness right and hopefully coming out of this thing looking like the rock or maybe like the pebble, I guess, if we're not going to be the complete, you know, the Dwayne, the rock Johnson, I'll be Alex, the pebble. I don't know. Um, so that is what I've been doing uh, to improve myself this week. Mila, you got something for me? Yeah, yeah. I've been working on my memory skills. Like I get a lot of uh, sides sent to me for auditions. And like this is the perfect time for me to start like honing my like ability to memorize stuff in short periods of time. Audio stuff, like I love to watch video clips like on TikTok and all this stuff and then replay them over and over and over again and see how like long it takes me to remember the like, like, like learning a song, but like learning the words or the dialogue in the scene. And then just going over a bunch of sides that I get throughout like my agency and my, my agents when they send me stuff. And so I feel like when I'm normally running from place to place, I never have time to actually like just really like dive into like text and like inflections and like, what am I feeling in this? And how do I deliver this to make it sound good? And the artist and the musician in me gets all like musical about it and everything. And so I have the time to do it. And so that's, I've just been working on memorizing text. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. That is much. really, it really is like a great, I, I've never heard somebody give me on this show an answer that makes me go, damn, I never have even thought about doing it. You can be the rock and I'm my Angelou. I just gonna, I'm gonna work on my, my Ooh. Tech. I have a feeling Mila's gonna be giving us zingers all episode long. Yes. Uh, Bethany, what have you been up to to better your life? Well, I will say, you know, this is week three of quarantine as we're recording this. Week one, I was like energizer, bunny, person with a plan, like, you know, just so go, go, go. And here's all the things we're going to do. And 
Then week two, it was full burnout. I mean, just crashed, like crying every single day, couldn't get anything done, didn't feel motivated at all, which is actually kind of a theme that happens in my life. I tend to like burn the candle at both ends and then crash. So this week, I've really, I mean, this is like a simple thing, but I'm really trying to make a commitment to balance and routine. And so it's, which has sounded a lot like, you know, kind of laying out a schedule for my day and starting my morning peacefully, as opposed to jumping into work right away, I think has been really helpful just for like my overall anxiety and kind of keeping my feet on the ground. But yeah, balance and routine are the two main things that I'm really trying to work for. Simple, but very important. That's very important (laughs) for Mm. quarantine life. routine, (laughs) Routine is important. Yeah. Y'all got some y'all got some amazing answers. Uh, let's get straight into it, honestly. Mila, we will be with you in just a second. But Bethany, first, it's you and I one-on-one, and we're going to be talking about labels. Uh, so uh, you've said before you do not love labels. Um, they do help others understand you, but they should not define you in any way, shape, or form. How did you land on your current labels? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I, th- I think labels are, it's funny, there's so much going on with language right now, just like as a society, you know, the word of the year last year was them. And I think it's really helpful right now, specifically looking at it from a queer lens to use labels to help us figure this out, you know, and to help us to be able to put words to something that we really haven't had words for before. But my dream is like to be able to live in this world where there aren't labels and we don't have to define, you know, this boy and girl and male and female and this or that gay or straight. We can just be. I think right now labels for me, I mean, using non-binary, I really love also the term gender fluid and gender neutral, just because I love the word neutral in general. I use it in so many different aspects of life. Oh, I love that. Is there a moment that that really like stuck out to you? I think for me, it was really, it resonated with me, you know, the she, her pronouns, things that were like super female based never really felt quite right. And I think being able to give myself sort of this genderless space has really opened up just my overall perception of the things that I enjoy. So like a really small example would be the last year I started growing out my leg hair, which is like something I previously never really thought I would do because I'm a very, very hairy person with like really dark hair. And I think that the non-binary label actually kind of helped me accept that more in in some way. Um, It was like, well, it doesn't really matter, right? Like what is male and female, especially specifically for myself. And I think it's allowed me to kind of move outside of the box of my preconceived notions of, you know, what I am supposed to be or or my trained notions, right? These societal standards that we've grown up with of how we have to look, behave, or act. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I mean, I, I definitely agree with you though. I think that societal standards uh, in your situation are absolutely too constricted and and also in the regular life of of every human being all across the gender unicorn as i like to use that term i spent some time talking with uh, Aaron Rose last year in preparation to to really step out um more than just supporting but actually being an outward um vocal ally for the lgbtq plus community and learning that societal standards are not only constricting for people who don't fall within the traditional gender model but 
for those of us who do. Uh, but before we get more into that, <laughs> I, I want to I wanna discuss kind of your journey into finding the labels or deciding uh, the labels that you wanted to go by. And for those who may be wondering what the difference is between trans and non-binary and gay and straight and cisgender are, when we talk about someone who's gender non-conforming or non-binary or trans or cis or cisgender, we're talking about gender identity. That is who you are. When we talk about gay or lesbian or straight, we're actually talking about who a person is attracted to. What was your what was your process going through life that got you to where you are today and how much more comfortable you are with the labels and with your like you're saying everything from using pronouns like they and them to even just leaving your leg hairs to grow and be the beautiful body that you you know that God gave you. Yeah, well, it was certainly a slow burn, to say the least. I was raised uh, in a very, very religious setting, almost like a a bit verging on cultish, a ton of rules, a ton of restrictions, a lot of like, you can go here, you cannot go here. But like growing up, I was certainly knocking on people's doors, uh, asking if they were going to heaven or hell. And I really didn't have like any knowledge whatsoever of a world outside of this very, very conservative Christian bubble that I lived in. Like I wasn't allowed to go to the movie theater or to take dance classes or to wear, you know, pants as opposed to a skirt kind of thing. So I, I, yeah, like, I mean, it was, it was pretty intense. And so there was like several different moments in my life where I was really shocked by the world. Like the first one, I ended up transferring to a public school from my very, very small Christian school of like 30 people. Mm. Um, I ended up transferring to a public school when I was 16 years old. And that was the first time where I'd like, you know, seen a classroom where boys and girls could sit wherever they want, like they could sit mixed up, you know, not separated boys on the left and girls on the right kind of thing. And then I went, right. So, so like public school was a huge shock for me. (laughs) I, and then I moved to Chicago, which is actually where I met Nico, my spouse 14 years ago. And that was, that was the first time that I met a gay person. And I remember, well, uh, that I knew that I met a gay person, like surely I'd met gay people before, right, but right, right, I, right, right. You know, I didn't know. And, you know, I had just been like raised under this assumption that gay people were, um, they had fallen so deeply into sin that their ultimate punishment was God made them gay. That's how I understood what queer was. And so, and then I like, you know, I moved to Chicago and I like met queer people and I was like, oh, wow, they're not the devil. You know, it was, it was just this moment where I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then that was also the first time that I recognized that I had feelings for a woman. It was New Year's Eve she was kissing a guy. She was a close friend. She was kissing a guy and I was sitting there watching them and I was like so jealous. And the moment I felt those jealous feelings, it was like, I need to push that down and bury it. You know, I don't know what's, what's going on there. And then over time, it was just this slow progression. And what kind of a reaction did those feelings make you have? I think something that often happens with queer people and that certainly happened with myself is we're so often told that we're not able to explore our gender roles. We're not able to explore, you know, somebody of the same sex. And so it becomes, um, it becomes so taboo that the only way you're able to explore it is through using 
you know, some type of substance. I mean, not that that happens to everyone, but I think it happens to a lot of people. So I know certainly for me, it was like, let's get wasted. So that way I don't have to actually know what I'm doing. And I can like hook up with this girl or have a threesome Mm. or, you know, like, like do these things. It just became from this place of substance and, and kind of being blacked out. And then when I moved to New York, eight years ago is when I really, really found freedom and found, you know, I don't know what it is about New York city, but it's just like a bunch of weirdos that go there to play and and you can just (laughs) be yourself. It's so beautiful. And so that was really the first time that I started dating women, started realizing what exactly those feelings were. And then, and then after that, right, like the gender came even after that portion. That's really only been in the last couple of years that I've used the word non-binary. So what made you feel like the label that you were born with didn't quite fit? Yeah, you know, I don't know why that I can tell you exactly what it was to get there. But one was simply education, right? I mean, the first time that I met somebody that was non-binary and they were like, I don't identify with being male or female. I was like, me too. You know, whoa, like that's an option. And genuinely, that was really only in the last couple of years. So I, I think that I am still exploring and still finding out what that looks like, um, which is the beautiful, which is a beautiful thing. And also something that I hope changes for future generations, you know, because a lot of queer people, most queer people end up having a second puberty in their twenties or some in their thirties or forties or fifties, you know, Mm. and we're, we're not really allowed to like be ourselves growing up. And so that means that you have to do a lot of self-work and a lot of self-discovery as an adult. So I, I really hope that, you know, we're able to start seeing that shift for those that are younger than us. Absolutely. And and I just have uh, to say that was amazing and beautiful. Oh, I'm, thank you. That was so I'm out here. So I'm out here just yeah. like I'm just I'm just loving it. I got like a big old smile on my face listening to you. I talk was grinning the whole time too. There uh. we go. <laughs> the good news is that I have here is that statistically we are actually um we are on the road to, like you had mentioned, a brighter future. A full thirty-five percent of Generation Z say that they personally know somebody who uses gender neutral pronouns like they and them, uh, compared to a quarter of millennials who said the same, sixteen and twelve percent of Gen X and baby boomer baby boomers um who knows somebody who is gender neutral using the uh, pronouns they and them non-binary. There is also a large increase in the amount uh, per generation of people who would prefer that forms online or profiles about gender should include options other than man or woman, um, and that there should be more than just two binary gender choices for forms and, uh, and online profiles. So, so now that you've shared with us your story, your journey of coming to the conclusion that they, them pronouns feel the most comfortable for you. What's your advice for somebody who might still be exploring their gender identity that they might not yet know what their pronouns are? I mean, I I think the number one thing is knowing that everything can change and that you're allowed to change. You know, uh, Nico and I actually talk about this all the time and how you don't have to be set. I am X. And then that's what you are for the rest of your life. I think that like, that's where the word fluidity is so beautiful and we can really allow ourselves to explore. So ex- exploration is a great word to use here, right? Like what does it feel like to tell your most close friends? Could you call me they, them? Or what is it like to start following more people on Instagram or making your social 
your internet social circles filled with non-binary people. I know something I did is I watched a lot of YouTube videos from other non like people talking about gender and and how they um, experience being a non-binary person, and that for me felt super super comforting to be like, oh, I'm not alone in this, you know. But I think really giving yourself the opportunity to explore and finding where you can safely explore, right? Because not everywhere people are able to be safe. Um, so I think that that's a really important piece. Ooh, I love that. Uh, and now I guess for the other side of, of that decision, um, once you decide, I'll even call myself out before we got to meet personally, we were, we were prepping to record this podcast and, uh, I use the pronoun she and her, uh, in referencing yourself. And, uh, once I was, corrected, I automatically shifted gears and immediately went straight into it. What is your advice for somebody who gets in that same situation? Or maybe for someone who is so intimidated and scared that they're going to mess up somebody's pronouns, they even avoid interacting with anybody that's different from them at all. What's your advice for those people? Right. This is actually one of my favorite topics to talk about is how to help other people um, transition their language and making language more inclusive. I'm just so fascinated by that idea. But I think um, number one is that a lot of times people get a bit defensive with using they, them pronouns. That's, that's what I've seen is that people are like, oh, why does it have to be this? Like, does it matter? You know, I think a lot of times the reason we get defensive is because it's not easy to, to make the shift into using they them pronouns and I kind of equate it to like learning a new language like if you just learn Spanish and you don't have all of the conjugations completely correct on the right, word right, right? right because it's something that you're not used to saying and so like we have to honor that piece we have to we have to allow ourselves the time to learn it and to understand it. So things that you can do is you can practice writing simple sentences with they, them pronouns. You can, um, when you're reading a book, see what it's like to substitute he, she gendered pronouns with they, them. Um, I think that like there's actually some education and just learning that you have to do and it takes practice. Um, and then I also feel like when you do mess up a pronoun, instead of spending a ton of time apologizing and be like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Just correct it and then move on. Because for a non-binary person or someone who uses they, them pronouns, it's never comfortable to be in a social situation and be monopolizing the conversation by everyone apologizing to you about a word, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that the best thing to do is actually just be like, oops, I mean, they, and then continue to move on and, and roll right over it. The number one thing that I would love to see from people is not is not everyone being perfect in in using the right pronouns all the time, but simply people making the effort. I love that. Amazing. That's a beautiful period. The effort. I think the effort to want to make that change, to unlearn the things that maybe you had learned as a kid and relearn them now to the way that the world is now so that people feel that equality. People actually push for that equality to be, you know, more than what it is now. And as we've seen the trends statistically, it's gone up. You and en you ended that statement perfectly. And I think that's <laughs> going to end this segment perfectly. We're going to take a quick break. Thank you so much, Bethany. When we come back, my sweet bon me, Mila Jan is going to be talking with me about seeing representation and being the representation. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. We are back. This is Let's Get Into It. I'm Alex Iono, and we are having a sweet, fun conversation about gender identity. I just finished a beautiful conversation with Bethany Myers. We talked about choosing comfortable labels, the process that they went through to choose their labels, and how you can get a little bit more comfortable with it and know that it's an ongoing process as life is um, in every situation. People might be wondering why I call you my sweet Bon Me. Uh, when we filmed the Her music video that Mila was the star of, we actually had lunch, which were little Bon Me sandwiches. It's a Vietnamese sandwich. And for some reason, we kind of, it was me, you, and Nick, Mila, and we kind of called ourselves the Bon We, like all three of us, the Bon We. And so we kind of just all called each other Bon Me, and it's just kind of stuck. So that's that's where that comes from. But now we are talking Mila Jam Bon Me. How are you, Alex? I I miss you. I haven't seen you in a very long time, and I, I wish we could just have a like a quick social distancing hangout, like across the street or something, and maybe we could wave to each other. Mila, let's just start off. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, a recording artist, um, musician, singer, songwriter, um, artivist is what I like to call myself, actress, choreographer, dancer, um, the list goes on and on. And I love to just be the best me that I can be. Uh, I yeah. love that. Um, we're going to talk. I want to talk. We're going to get into it. I want you to know we're going to get into your whole life, which is why I was not worried about it. The amount of talent that you have continues to impress me. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the process um, that I went through. I know sometimes learning to be a better version of ourselves means actually making a ton of mistakes along the way. I mean, I remember when we were filming the music video for her, you had to correct me so many times and you were so patient and and kind to me. And it really helped me become a better version of me. So sometimes learning to be a better version of ourselves means making a ton of mistakes along the way. I truly do uh, value you as a teacher and as a friend and as a constant uh, example of what it means to have true courage and be an insane artist or artivist, as you say, I'm going to start. I think I'm going to steal that. I, I want to <laughs> apologize ahead of time. I'm going to steal artivist because that's genius. Um, but I want to hear more. I'll about, let you borrow it. OK, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll pay rent for it. Um, I wanted to learn more <laughs> about actually how you grew up, the way that you grew up, the same way that I spoke with Bethany about it. Um, you grew up in an era where trans representation was very, very limited and representation of black women was already restricted to specific types. Growing up, how did you see yourself through that process? It's quite a journey. I'm from the South. I'm from Georgia, actually a really small town uh, called Columbus, Georgia, even though I like to reference Atlanta ATL Shouty uh, as one of the places that I grew up. And so I was born in Chicago and raised in Columbus slash Atlanta, Georgia. And so, you know, it's the dirty South. It's like, you know, the Bible belt. And I always knew I was different. I always felt like I was female. And 
I remember since I was probably four years old, at least, thinking that those things don't work in this world. And I believe that most of my youth and my upbringing, my childhood, I was just compensating for what I always knew in my heart and in my spirit was me and what was real. And this is when we go to sleep at night, when we you know, are by ourselves, when we're alone and we have our thoughts and how we process those thoughts and those feelings that we have for who we are, who we like see in the mirror, um, how that either looks good to you or doesn't really resonate with you. And you're trying to figure out what the disconnect is. And then you have society and people around you, you have family and friends telling you who you are. That's literally what people do when you're a child. You know, you have people telling you who you are and they kind of pay attention to the the things that you give them, but it's really hard to, to let children sort of just be, uh, especially black children raised in the South, because almost every black person that was raised in, you know, the black culture can kind of attest to like, there's so much that we deal with from the beginning of our lives, where not to go, what not to do, what not to say, how not to act, how not to look, how to look, how to act, to be not only a representation of your Black community, but a representation of someone that is, um, you know, upstanding or hopefully, you know, doing some good and not out on the street and not like doing something bad. So I had all of that to to deal with. And on top of that, I'm just like, I just feel so connected to the the, the female spirit and the, the feminine energy. And I was always picked on as a kid for that. I was always seen as, you know, words like the sissy or like people would say, you gay, you gay. This is before you had any understanding of like what that means, mm. you know, even without sexuality being a part of the conversation, you just know, oh, the way that I present or feel or act makes alarms people. And then so what do you do? Most people will go into themselves and they will basically sabotage themselves and just cut it off. Or they will like, you know, create a mask. I wasn't that person. I never created a mask for it. And I say that because in really honestly knowing so much of who I really was as a kid, I just existed in spaces. And I would probably say I was more non-binary as a kid. And I've never even admitted this or said this on any, you know, interview. But like, I mean, looking back, because I was male-bodied, because I was told I was a boy, I probably just felt androgyny was the word that was really like the word in when I was little. And so mm. like, I just felt androgynous. And I, I knew my attractions and I knew how I saw myself and I knew the kind of energies I wanted to be around girlfriends, girls. I was one of the girls. I was always the kid that was the only one allowed to like come to the sleepover that was not like a threat. <laughs> so it was like, I was like, so in just into researching my feelings and like keeping journals and just being creative. And I felt like I found my identity through creativity, through art, because like, one thing was, is like, I was a kid with a lot of energy. You know, I think we share that. I bet you had the most energy. I had the most energy in the world. I oh, still have the most You already energy. know this. You already and like, know this. You already know, you know, you know. So like dancing, dance classes. I was a gymnast, acting classes, voice lessons, church choir. I was in like some local television shows. I was in regional theater. Uh, I really was projecting to become like a child star. I had opportunities as a kid to go to LA and to be a part of a sitcom. And my mom was just kind of like, I, as a single mother, she was like, I don't 
know what that life is going to bring, like that's going to benefit us. And she's like, right now it's like, you know, you're a kid and you need an education. So like, it just didn't go that way. I really just delved so much into being an artist and that sort of helped me get through my identity issues and expressing it through performance. And then that was also the way that I was able to beat, it was like my saving grace. It was like my, my protection and my armor because if people made fun of me, if I were able to like perform, you know, they would say, oh, but you're talented. Okay. So you're good. You, you know, we let you slide, you know, we're not going to really pick on you too much because you know, oh, you could sing. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of what people would, you know, give me. And then I would just kind of hide away from everything else. I look back to, and thinking about identifying as someone gay in high school, it was a time of, it was a clear binary. This is in the nineties. This is a clear binary. You are gay or you are straight. That was Mm -hmm. it. So I was like, I know in what everyone is telling me, I probably fit more into the gay aspect, even though I see myself as a woman And my attraction is to only men and being someone that has never been attracted to women or desired. And I I like to say this in in breaking down sexuality. I think sexuality is about desire. Like, who do you desire to wake up next to? Who do you desire to want to spend time with? Who do you desire Mm. to want to have your most wonderful moments with? Sexual included. So that's what I look at. And so I was like, well, I never wanted that with women. I just felt like a sisterhood. And I loved what Bethany said so much about like, we're learning and evolving. And I, you know, I do think there is space between the fluidity and the spectrum. I feel like I'm as fixed as fixed could be in in a sense. I don't know, like, I, I don't know what I would say about my life in 20 years from now, but I pretty much know, like, ever since I was very, very young, I've always known I wanted to be a woman. And I always knew that I was attracted to men. And I don't know how that was going to happen. So was there any like specific moment that you realized maybe there's an option for you to come into your identity as a woman? I remember reading a magazine, I think it was Cosmo, when I was in high school. And it was literally like about a girl from Thailand who had transitioned and she'd met a guy and she was into him and he liked her too. And he magically like liked her so much that he married her and that he was okay because she had transitioned from male to female. And I was just like, my mind was blown. And I was like, that really happens. I was like, that really, like, you can really do that. And you still don't even understand how it works. This is like why people don't even understand, like coming to terms with like learning how you understand yourself as a gay person, as a trans person, as a straight person. And so like the only differences for some people in the queer community is like, we've had all of this time to really try to figure out what what's going on and have the work that we internally do. And then we come to, an aha moment. And we have this embracing of the aha moment is what I like to call it. And you go, this is what it is. This is what I need to do. And I'm ready to stand up in that. Mm, I love that. I just feel there are a lot of people, straight, cis, hetero people, you know, that kind of just float into this, like, I don't have to do any work. I don't really have to think about what I'm feeling because I still believe at the end of the day, even with the movement, the, the LGBTQ plus movement, what we would realize is that there are so many people that are fluid, that are on a spectrum, that are not necessarily fixed. Or yes, Mila, yes. <laughs> and so, yes, right? And so we, yes. <laughs> we, have this, we have this construct that we're bound to that I think is primarily about 
money and power. And that's a different podcast. It's about advantages and privilege and what is allotted to you. And I know being someone black, it's like, it's not okay for you to want to be different or to be different or to be gay or to be trans because you're messing it up. You're fucking it up for everyone else in the group. And mm. you're, you're being a nuisance and you're being a problem. And, you know, I mean, I was never in, I was never sent to conversion therapy, but what I like to say is in the black church, when you're, when you're raised in the black church, if you come out when you're still young, you are going to be taken to church and you're going to have a discussion with your pastor. <laughs> this mm. is what happens. And the parent, the mother, the father or both, they're like, we're going to go see Pastor Gibson or whomever. Shout out to my old pastor, Pastor Gibson. We're going to have a talk. We're going to chit chat. We're going to say, I know you have these feelings. And it's always about you having these feelings, but they're not predicated on merit. They're not okay. And this is not how you get through life. And this is not how you make a way for yourself. So we mm. need to deal with it. And it's always under this, it's always about it being wrong. You're never given the space to be able to be like, how do you really feel today, Mila? How do you feel, Alex? What are you thinking about, Bethany? Can you express to me? That was non-existent. And also for me growing up too is like moving to New York was about, I need to get away. I need to go to a place where I feel like I can be my most creative, expressive self and somewhere where I can feel like I can discover and explore that real self. Right. And you know, being here, I learned to own myself. I mean, and I always say this too, it's like, you know, we have to find safe spaces because not everyone has the safety to be able to do what they want to do. I had someone ask me, well, I live with my mother and they don't agree with me being trans and they don't, you know, I can't. And I said, listen, boo, when you can figure out how to get out of or from under their roof, whether you're making your own money or you found your own place, you kind of have to appease the situation because that's your livelihood. But once you're able to step out of that, you can start making decisions for yourself. And then I was completely convinced that my I would never speak to my family. What was that conversation with your family like? I was raised in love. My mother is one of the most amazing women in the world, and she has always supported me and loved me. Confusions, conversations, yes. Some, you know, headbutting, of course. But I, I was ready to accept the fact that my family, mother, aunts, uncles, father could not accept it. So I made the choice. And it's like, it's like when you're, when you're just, um, what do you know when you say it's, you're all in? Like you get to a point where you're just so all in that you don't care. And I am, not to get off on a tangent, I'm trying to encourage the people that I encounter, especially straight identified men that realize that they're attracted to or interested in trans women to be able to fight for their their needs and their attractions and to make space for the things that they really want and love. Um, and so, because we just consistently get left on the wayside. But I just was like, my family not going to have it. And I was like, peace, y'all can take it however you want. I have to focus on my life. And then the questions come and then the, you know, you know, I, I want to know, I want to understand, um, well, why does it have to be this way? Well, why can't you just perform and why can't you just do this sometimes? And, and I was like, well, I wake up and I go to sleep being this, feeling this, embodying this, and this is me and I am Mila and it needs to, you know, and I have to just live into that and lean into that. And, um, eventually my mother, obviously she's, she kind of got the picture. 
because it mm. was no longer a joke or a game because a lot of it starts out being funny and a lot of it is a joke. A lot of uh, comedy surrounds being queer, being trans, being different. It's always, we are always the butt of the joke. We are always the com comedic relief. Every comedian has done a joke about gender identity. And, and I will say that some of them are really funny and some of them are not, but it's, it's like we have to really understand that the human experience is so vast. And it's like the boxes don't ever allow us to get to those places. And this is how you have people coming out at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 different places in their life. I was never married to a woman. There are some trans women who were married to women when they, you know, before transitioning. And so this is how you have the different nuances come into play. But uh, that all being said, because I'm sure you have lots of questions. I just, I, I feel like. <laughs> I was just about to say, I have hella yeah, questions, yeah, but you already answered all of them. Like yeah, you literally answered all of them. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, <laughs> can you tell us about the first time that you experienced a trans woman living what you perceived as an authentic day-to-day -day life? I did come to New York and I started touring and doing theater and doing like Broadway shows, shows on the road or whatever. And I would see trans women in the club scene, in the gay club scene performing. And what you have to re remember is, which is very strange for me is because I was basically reared in gay culture, in the gay scene, in the gay nightlife, uh, you know, experience. And so it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a rabbit hole when you're a straight identified, like, woman on the binary that happens to be trans, where all of that information comes from. A lot of the mm. women I saw, they were performers. I never saw their humanity. I never saw the person behind the dollar bills, the shimmy dress, the, you know, show numbers. And I was just like, it was not until, and I say this in every interview, Candace Kane, who is one of my dear sisters, she was on Dirty Sexy Money and I Am Kate. I saw her performing and I saw her show and it was the first time that I, I witnessed a trans woman that was not only like visually mesmerizing and stunning, but funny and witty and real and honest. And I just, I saw the humanity. And I have a friend who would say, when I first saw her perform, he's, he's like, that was the moment. He's like, I saw it in your eyes and you realized, oh my God, that's, that's, that's me. And I, I did, I felt this was like, that's, that's who I am. I, I have that. I, I'm like, I feel the same way. I want to be that. How does that happen? And then it wasn't until I also say this, it wasn't until I met Laverne, um, Laverne Cox, that I, I had a friend that gave me tools that was like, girl, I knew you, I knew girl, when I met you, we all have to do it in our own time, but this is where you go. This is who you talk to. This is what you kind of like, if you need help with finding clinics and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, this is what it is. And, and then finding the path to that for myself, it was like, I know the kind of woman that I want to be. Like, I want to be real. I want to be authentic. I want to be positive. I want to be a representative of something, you know, that always gets a bad rap. And I want to be able to make change by just being visible and, and showing people that like, what you think you know about us is not the truth and is not always true. And that um, dispel a lot of, you know, so. Well, you've definitely become a visible representation for millions of trans kids. How often does that really factor into your daily thought process of how you want to create and what message you want to put out there every day? I would say that's, uh, I, 
I would just, I've been the same person my whole life. That's really what, what is interesting. And, you know, the wildest dream of becoming like the person you dream to become, the woman I've dreamt of becoming, like living that is just gratitude. And it's just like, I've gotten to a place where, I mean, honestly, no story is too sacred to tell because we're storytellers and that's what we're supposed to do. I think while we're here and in this space, what do you have if you can't tell your story? And what, what do you have if you can't share the experience of what your specific journey has given you? And that's what helps people for real. And, you know, being an artist and a musician and we, you know, we work with people that write music for us. We collaborate, you know, someone might write a song for you and say like, Alex, I want you to do this. Mila, can you do this? We have to take the time in between you know, doing things for other people's or other reasons to just be real and to give of ourselves because that's what really helps people, you know, not saying the right thing and not doing the thing that you think people want to hear. It's really about transparency. Well, Mila, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky that I've already had the opportunity in life to create art with you. I'm very lucky that I have the future opportunity to continue creating art with you. Hearing your story only makes me love you more. And I think you are the perfect example of seeing representation and in the lack thereof being representation, not only for other people, but for yourself. Uh, and so I love you even more after hearing things about you that I had never heard um, and hearing you tell your story the way that you did. We are going to take a quick ad break. When we come back, we got Bethany back with us. We got Mila already here with us. And we have some messages for the cis folks is what we have here is what we titled the section. But we're going to be talking about just kind of simple questions, just a quick run through for those of you out there that want to continue learning more, educating yourselves, unlearning the things that are not real or not right or not true, uh, and learning the things that are. So we'll be right back and we'll talk to you in a bit. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, 
Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. I am very, very blessed to be in the presence of Bethany Myers and Mila Jam, Pod presence. beautiful guests. Pod presence. I love that. Mila, Mila always presence. got the ideas. <laughs> uh, and we've had some beautiful conversations about choosing labels that you are comfortable with using for yourself, about being representation, seeing representation. And now to close it out, I wanted to have a moment. I am a cisgendered, heterosexual man. And I wanted to make this section kind of a quick, rapid-fire, question-and-answer place that my listeners can come to and learn things that they might not know already or maybe become a little bit more comfortable with things that they might know a little bit about but not be uh, 100% comfortable with. But before we get into that, Mila, you were saying something in the break. I actually stopped you because I wanted you to say it here on the section. So please take it away. Yeah, no, I was just – I wanted to just piggyback onto Bethany uh, when they were saying – how important it is to give yourself space to make, you know, not necessarily make mistakes, but that you don't have to be perfect when you're learning that someone has a different pronoun or, you know, you meet someone and they go by they, them, there, and you're still a little confused and you slip up and you mess up because it, I mean, for me, it's about intention, you know, and when someone apologizes to me, I know when the apology is coming from a place of like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Cause I always say, I stand to be corrected. 
And I've, it has happened for me, you know, I've gone to places and if I see someone that's presenting male or masculine, if I say, excuse me, sir, in that moment, and they're like, um, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, please inform me. I just always tend to be corrected and it can be awkward. It can be uncomfortable, but like, Hey, we're all learning at times and we don't all have the answers. Mm. I love that. So the the first question that I have that I I think uh, is something very important. It took me some time to really learn the difference, but here on the podcast, either of you can answer this or you can both answer this piggyback off of each other. Can you explain the difference between transgender and gender nonconforming? Because I feel like you had both mentioned growing up the way that the world's been, it's been a very binary uh, mindset from the 80s into the 90s and then into now where we are continuing to learn. For my listeners out there who might throw all of it into one category, which it absolutely isn't, uh, can you explain the difference between transgender and gender nonconforming? I just would say that it's an umbrella term. It's like, it's an umbrella kind of situation. You know, there's, think of a, a, I don't know, a building with rooms and, you know, under the trans apartment complex, I guess, if you will, there are different rooms that people kind (laughs) of inhabit and, you know, and they're not exclusive to just one room, but like, and I'd love to hear Bethany's uh, description of this, but personally, like I identify as a trans a heterosexual trans woman, um, you know, I'm on the binary, so I don't identify as non-binary, but you can be trans and identify as non-binary. That's very possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great way to think of it. You know, it's important to note that different people use their words in a different way. And I think that meanings can kind of hold a lot, but for a gender non-conforming person, I would say that I would normally think of that as not necessarily adhering to male or female, whereas somebody who identifies as trans is identified at birth as one gender and then have transitioned into another gender and like being called that specifically, just like mm-hmm. Mila just said about it being more on the binary, you know, she's on the binary, yeah. a trans heterosexual person. Whereas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's totally, hey, and that's, that is as, totally, that is as yeah. simple as, as it needs to be in its explanation. Like you said, it's not just one or the other. It's not just a, oh, you are this or you are that. Um, so thank you guys for explaining that further. Now, for both of you, how do you manage the feelings and do you ever get tired? Do you ever get annoyed about explaining your existence? Oh, um, <laughs> I, uh, I really believe it's a part of my spiritual work. Mm. Yes. I get tired. I don't want to have to do it, but there's a difference between feeling like you have to do it and really wanting to do it because I really want to share that information. I think that's why we exist. And I was saying this to Laverne yesterday on, on my Instagram live that we have queer people and people that are not on this binary necessarily are a gift. We have a different way of receiving energy from the earth and and the light and there's so much around us that are, that puts us on ourselves that makes us say that we're not you know viable we're not worthy we're not you shouldn't be that it's no 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 and the reality is is like there's so much yes if people would just listen if people would just make space there's so much to gain from learning from the gifts that we have so i want to share that i want to share that gift of telling you know what I'm doing now when I'm on Tinder and I'm talking to some guy and he's trying to be a little bit of a knucklehead and it's like having <laughs> to explain myself all the time and they're never doing any work 
and they're never reading anything or Googling anything. You know, it is amazing when a guy will say to me, I read about that. I was thinking about that. Yeah, I know, you know, as a trans woman, I know you deal with a lot of stuff. Like, I'm sorry that you have to deal with that. That's comforting because you're paying attention. But when people are just not paying attention, it's like, how do you expect anyone to show up for you? Mm -hmm. Please, Bethany, take... take (laughs) Yeah, that was absolutely beautiful. And I think, you know, also, Mila, you were talking about race before, and I'm a white person. And, you know, the Black trans women, I think, have Mm -hmm. to deal with this. I mean, they do deal with this Mm -hmm. on scales that are 100 million times more than what I've ever had to experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So... So with that being said, I do think there are pieces of this that can be really exhaustive. There's a part of me that definitely wants to teach. I find I get the most exhausted when the queer community, so my family, can't get it or doesn't try to use pronouns. (laughs) Um, That has been a big frustration for me. Like I've actually had some friends who just, you know, it's all like not even a they sit in the ignorant yeah yeah, just like not even a little bit and I think that's so disheartening because it's like yeah if you can't get it then like then how how do you expect anyone else to get it how is my mom ever gonna get it you know like so I, I think that part is tough but then the other side of it is like you get so much encouragement and like I have a lot of parents um, in my Instagram following who are like trying to teach their kids and help them understand what a non-binary person is. And they're like, today, you know, my little kid like looked at your Instagram and was like, they're such a handsome girl, you know, or like trying to say these things. And, and, and you just see that there is future and that there are, there are people who want to learn and grow. And so I think they counterbalance each other often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before I ask the next question, I do want to shout out Mila's Instagram. If you are on Tinder and you match with Mila, you better come <laughs> correct. Because if you don't, you're getting called out. Like I've seen, I've Mila, I've Alex, your phone is about I've to seen blow you up. go off on some fools out there. So uh, if you're gonna come, to, if you're gonna come to Mila on Tinder, you better come correct. Uh, uh, kind of expanding on that what is one thing that you both wish cis people understood a little bit more about your community I wish well this is a little bit about a different community but myself and my partner are we have a non-monogamous polyamorous relationship and um, I wish that people understood more that it's like not just about the sex and I think that also goes like for the queer like just all the way around that it's like that people who are bisexuals it's not just because they want to have sex with everyone people who are poly it's not just about sex like it actually is about meaningful connections and relationships and about being able to be your most authentic self and for me not being held by these restrictive labels that say I am this or that so I yeah I think that's my Mm. my number one there um, yeah, I would I would agree with that too. Um, I would just say that cis people, black trans women are the ultimate gift and you need to stand up. You need to say something. When you see something, mm-hmm. you need to back us up. You need to support us. You need to love us. There is such a depletion of love and respect and understanding and healing for the black trans woman. And that is what she needs right now. I'm specifically talking about black trans women because that's me and that's my sisters. And 
there are so many people who can love us in the dark, but just can't find it to love us in the light. And mm. they need to figure, we need to, we need to change that. That has to, that it, it's changing and it's got to change. It's got to continue to change. And it only happens by making light of what's real. God damn. You meet a trans woman. She's trio. She's a trans woman. And what? And great. And let her be. Let her do her thing. She's cute. I'm feeling her. Great. Your bro or your buddy sees her and is like, I think she's cute. The first thing that happens is a disclaimer. Well, no, no, no. I don't think you you might want to. No, 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 no. Like, let people step into their own desire and let people make their own choices. And I know that we're all kind of taught to be like, go with what your family says, go with what your friends say. Because I deal with that too, even as a queer person, as a trans woman, like my girlfriends would be like, girl, you can't talk to him or whatever. But like, we really need to create more room for people. Like even Bethany was saying about being poly or being open or all like, there's so much that people are just misinformation. It's like, what if you actually really just let go of it and just let it be? then you'll probably learn something new and be like, oh, all right. Okay, Y'all are cool. spitting heat. Y'all are spitting heat today. Mila, I literally want to have like Sunday service with you once a week. I would totally be down <laughs> with it. I so would be down. And I I love it. I'm watching I'm watching you and Nico all the time. And I'm like, I'm sending you such a huge Care Bear hug right now. And I think this is the beginning of like, we must stay connected because I would, anytime you'd ever want to talk about anything or have me be a part of anything, mm. I'm down. <laughs> I uh, I have one last question. Uh, what what is one thing that you both think cis folks can do to make your day to day lives just better? I would just say, listen, stop over talking. Doing exactly what Alex has done in this podcast. You you sat here and you listened, and you didn't interrupt us, and you didn't make it about you. Yeah, I I mean, I would definitely second the listening aspect. I would say doing research on your own. You know, Mila, I'm sure that you get this all the time. I do love to educate people and I love to help people think of ways that they can learn. But simultaneously, like if you can Google it, like it's not my job to like create the curriculum for your queer learning experience um and i i think that people just very simple google searches like especially i found so many people don't really understand the difference between like gender identity gender expression and gender assignment um and sometimes people don't even know to look up these things but if you just kind of look up some like really basic stuff on gender you can find a lot of information that can really help you along you know so i I think that's an important thing Mm. well thank you both honestly thank you so much both of you for uh, coming on the podcast for allowing me to be a student and i really do appreciate you for uh, applauding my ability to not interrupt you guys uh, or interrupt you all Uh, but at the same time uh, for me, I loved just sitting here and listening and, and learning more and more and more. Uh, so thank you both for coming on here and letting me be a student, letting me learn uh, and letting me unlearn things that I thought I knew that now I, I know better. Uh, so I appreciate both of you. And guess what? We're all learning. We're all continuing to learn. So that's good, too. All right. I feel like I have a lot of takeaways for this episode. Um, my biggest takeaway is that the world is always evolving it's always changing it's always leveling up therefore cultures are constantly evolving people are constantly evolving communities are constantly evolving who we are is evolving and so my biggest takeaway is get with it 
evolve with us like don't be don't try and like stay back at the old update every time your phone gets an update update your phone update your life update your brain okay so that's my biggest takeaway every time your phone has a new update you update your new phone so update yourself all right you want you don't want to miss out on the cool emojis or the new languages or the sick dark mode that's like what life is like you got to get that you got to get that update going so that's my biggest takeaway my next takeaway is that if you don't know where to start, start by just making an effort. Simply making an effort is a meaningful thing and it's okay to make mistakes. I've made tons of mistakes on my journey and I probably am going to continue making mistakes, but the main focus is that you make an effort and you lead with a kind heart, which is going to make the world a better place. The more people who are open allies, the safer that this world becomes for all of us. And my last takeaway is that the world is constantly evolving, everything about it. So our culture is evolving, who we are is evolving, our language is evolving. So don't get stuck back in like the old ways. Don't try and stick with what you used to know, like constantly unlearn and relearn, just like your phone. And, uh, and this is the moment of the podcast that I know you're going to love, Mila, where we do some shameless promo. I want you both to just promote the hell out of whatever you're doing right now, whatever it is that you want to help uh, support or promote for your own careers, for your lives, for your friends' lives, whatever it is. You both got some time to do it. Mila, hit us. All right. So you guys can follow me. You all can follow me at at the Mila Jam, T-H-E-M-I-L-A-J-A-M. I am the only one. I just released a, a single called Number One. You can check it out and you can stream it until your heart's content on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music, everywhere. Actually, matter of fact, just go to iTunes, Apple Music, or Spotify and just search Mila Jam. You can keep up with me. Um, everything is at the Mila Jam. And I always say this, be seen, be you, be beautiful. Mm, golly, Bethany, come on, keep that energy up. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, you can follow me at Bethany C. Myers and also at the Become Project. I'm definitely going to take some time to plug the Become Project here. I'm so proud of this business. It's a monthly subscription. Uh, it's workouts in your home. There is not weight loss talk. There is not body bashing talk. There's not all the shit that the wellness industry feeds to you. You know, wellness just feeds off of insecurities. And this is very much about finding your strength and being exactly who you are. And I'm also really proud to say that we've had so many people from the queer community participating in this workout, which obviously means a lot to me. I think, you know, I, I always say that I think queer people have the hardest time existing in their own bodies, especially people underneath the trans umbrella. And so this can be a really great way to feel at home in your own space. Your own space, mm. meaning your body is your Woo! own space, you know, and to be able to feel at home there. <laughs> Spit and fire, both of my guests today. Thank you both so much for coming on the podcast today. And thank you for listening to the podcast if you're listening to it right now. We will see you next time. Until then, peace. We really want you to get the help you need. So if you need help, please seek independent advice from a competent healthcare or mental health professional. 
The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the podcast author or individuals participating in the podcast and do not represent the opinions of iHeartMedia or its employees. This podcast should not be used as medical advice, mental health advice, counseling, or therapy. Listening to the podcast does not establish doctor-patient relationship with hosts or guests of Alex Iono, Let's Get Into It, or iHeartMedia. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Woof, that's a doozy. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.